moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. It's a beautiful day to surrender, to go with the flow and to let yourself be carried wherever the world takes you. Hello, I'm Mylene, your host of the Moving to Oneness podcast. And today I have a fascinating guest sitting in Los Angeles, California, who's living in every second the vastness of himself with an interplay of the world around. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the best part, he has done it all over the world because he loves to travel, meet people, and explore the landscapes around him. So please welcome with me, Kurt Blackson. Hello, how are you today? Hi there, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to, to the interview tremendously. It's good to be here. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I love your way of uh, being in the moment. That's something I speak a lot about too, right? Because then we can let ourselves uh, be surprised to um, let other things unfold that we can't even fathom or imagine. And I think that is what makes out life. Share how you got to... Um, become so thirsty for these experiences to be one with everything? Yeah, I think um, growing up, look, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana, my mother's Japanese. I grew up in London, uh, the US, now partly Mexico also. So I always felt like a citizen of the world. Yeah. And uh, from a very young age, there was always uh, that I was a very empath empathetic kid. And so I would feel people suffering very deeply. And mm. there was always a desire uh, beyond my conscious awareness to like alleviate people's suffering. I wanted to alleviate it. And, and I was you know, six, seven years old. And I didn't know what form that would take, but it was an impulse inside of me. I felt people. And so I, I, I think I because I grew up in a very, shall we say, mystical, you know, some would say spiritual environment. Now, at the time, it didn't seem that unusual. At the time, it seemed very normal. At the time, it was all I knew. And so for me, my first memories as a young boy was, uh, for instance, uh, being a chubby kid lost in the crowd and seeing a crippled woman who couldn't walk or couldn't couldn't stand she picks up the sand that this man walks on wipes it on her face and stands up and so i grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs and you could say miracles you know the type of stuff that you see on tv and wonder is this real and mm -hmm. so I, I grew up seeing it and didn't think anything unusual of it anything special about it it just was what it was and so 
there was always that sense of no limits of everything is possible uh, that I had wow. growing up as a, as a child, that sense of possibility, because when you see blind people seeing and people stand up, stand up out of wheelchairs, it's like, sure, why, why not? Why, why, where are the limitations? And so for me, uh, part of that, I think, conscious questioning in life came because, uh, by the way, the man who sent you picked up was my father. My father built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, and he was a very mystical, spiritual guy. Yeah, he's instance. called like a magician himself, right? Yeah, not a magician. But, yeah, but, but in, a, in changing people's form, in give, yeah. being a, a fantastic healer, that's what I understand. A, a, a miracle man, so to speak. Yeah. And so like... Uh, you know, the interesting thing was on his bookshelf, he had thousands of books on his bookshelf. He had like uh, everyone from the Eastern mystics, people like Krishnamurti and Nisargadatta Maharaj and, you know, uh, uh, Muktananda, all these different books to uh, the Western mystics of Blavatsky, Joe Goldsmith, Joseph Murphy, Unity, Science of Mind, to uh, Gurdjieff, to Uspensky, to the Western sort of pop, psychology, self-help gurus, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra. So as a kid, I was exposed to that. As a kid, I grew up reading some of this stuff. But for me, in my father's church, his congregation was, let's say, not very educated and not very uh, wealthy. So they didn't have a lot. But even though they didn't have very much, they seemed to be so fulfilled and happy. They had every reason to not be happy, but they were happy even though they mm -hmm. didn't have anything. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to a school where I got a scholarship and I didn't come from very much wealth. And so I got a scholarship to this very prestigious school where presidents, sons, prime ministers, kids, politicians, kids, billionaires, kids went. And so now I was around people that had every reason to be happy and yet they were still miserable. And so that began a, a, like as a young boy, a questioning like, what the hell is this life? What's the purpose of life when people who have every reason to be happy are miserable and people who have every reason to not be happy, you know, are for, seem fulfilled? And, and, and what is the purpose of life? And like, is it just to wake up, go to sleep, make money, make babies, buy a house, go on vacation, buy some stuff, have a bank account, you know, and then die? Like, surely there, there, has to be more there has to be more to the purpose of this existence. And, and like, what is it? Because I saw people and they were like, I would go to their homes, my friend's homes, and they were, parents were unhappy, parents were miserable. And so that began a questioning. And so that led me down the path of reading. And then I'd read like autobiography of a yogi as an 11 year old. And then I started to, to, to kind of like practice some of these meditation techniques that I didn't really understand, but began having, having, uh, interesting experiences as a young kid. And so there was always a deep uh, hunger and, and a quest of at that time seeking, like what is true? What is the nature of reality? What is real? Who am I? Where do I come from? Where are we going? And uh, that, that, that was a huge part of my life. Yeah. So that in a way, it was a gift that you were able uh, to do that experience to see these beautiful healings already as a young child right that's normally the age when many get shut down but you were able uh, to explore to dive in and to play with it right even whatever you read you just experimented because there were no guidelines or any 
And so you could yeah. develop and pull out what was uh, within you, the gift of, of the healer uh, that is part of you, right? That is yeah. growing now more and more and uh, you're fine tuning it as you go uh, through life. Yeah, yeah. I think because it's all I knew that there was a certain limitation that wasn't put on me. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, like part of my path was also at age eight, I started to speak in my father's churches and give give speeches. And I'm not saying I had some gift. I was just thrown into the audience by my father. <laughs> yeah. And words just started coming out of my mouth that I didn't really think about or understand mm -hmm. that seemed to inspire people. And then at age 13, 14, my father said I was going to do, do the healing service. And so I have no idea about healing. And yet, uh, when the time came, just kind of opened myself up and stuff started happening that I didn't honestly understand and can't take any credit for. And when I was 14, though, here's what was interesting in terms of my journey in the seeking. When I was 14, uh, my father announced to the congregation that my son is taking over my ministry, his ministry. And we didn't have conversation about it there was no discussion my father's old school it's his way or it's his way you choose which way and uh when it was announced and you know there's hundreds of thousands of people who had uh, their hopes and dreams pinned on me and i was i knew that that was not my right path i knew that was not the aligned path but and so my heart sank when i heard this pronouncement but i knew that this wasn't my path my entire life was set out for me uh, but I was too afraid. My fear was if I truly dared to be myself, if I truly dared to own my truth, if I truly dared to communicate how I really felt authentically and live what I felt in my soul, which I didn't know exactly what it was. I just knew it wasn't that. And I felt something calling me into a different direction. Uh, I was too afraid because my fear was if I dared to live my truth, follow my soul's essence, follow the calling that I have no idea where it's taking me, but I know it's not here. My fear was I would be alone. I would be outcast. I'd lose my father's love. And I think so many of us as human beings, we hold back our truth. We end up betraying our truth, betraying our soul, betraying our spirits, betraying our deep knowing uh, out of fear. And uh, that, that started a whole nother journey of questioning for me as well. But the thing, something really changed to me when I read, uh, I read a, a bit about Krishnamurti and, and I could really relate to Krishnamurti, this, uh, the teacher, spiritual teacher Krishnamurti, I could really relate to his background as to how he was being groomed to take over and be this kind of world teacher. And, and it took him till he was like 20 something, 28, I think, till he had an epiphany and realized, hey, a conditioned mind, uh, a free mind is not a conditioned mind, a religious mind, a Buddhist mind, it's, it's free. And, when, and then he left everything behind. And so when I read that, it started an internal like revolution inside of me where I just knew in that moment what I had to do, which was leave. It just took me about four years till I was 18 to muster the courage to say, I'm going to follow my soul. And sometimes what I found is what you're, what, what you're deep knowing. I think there's a part of us at the deepest yeah. level that knows everything because at the deepest level, we're one with everything. And so we know everything if we allow ourselves to really relax into that deep, deep knowing beyond the mind. And, and I think sometimes what our soul guides us to do won't 
often make sense to our logic, to our conditioned mind, and will sometimes be inconvenient to, to our personalities and our egos. And so I felt this guidance to come to America and I finally decided to follow that guidance, which meant having a conversation with my father and speaking to my father. And I looked into my future on a human level as an 18 year old kid and realized I could follow the expected path and be successful by everyone else's standards. But if I didn't have my integrity and I didn't have my truth, then what kind of success is that? And that you can't be truly fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not. You can't be truly fulfilled and happy and at peace living someone else's life. And that's when I had that conversation with my father and left everything behind and came to the US, two suitcases, knew no one, and just showed up, you know, in pursuit of truth, in pursuit of, of, of answers. Yeah, no, I understand was... you totally. I, I had a, a similar, I'm like you, I, I knew the truth. I knew I, I was different, but we live then a little bit of the life that surrounds us to fit in, right? Because at, as a child, uh, yeah, you have the understanding, but where to, to funnel it. And when, when you become like, you know, a young adult suddenly, I mean, it's a logic thing. There's the, this urge, there's the storm to go out. Not everyone has it, but maybe it's these truth seekers, right? We have to, we're looking for those experiences to find out more that we, there is a knowing that there's like a drive within what else is there? I had to go to the U S too, then <laughs> explore my dad though is, is American. So I thought, okay, I get to know the other side. My mom always, you know, spoke when she got mad, ah, the Americans, you're so awkward. <laughs> And so I want to explore it and, and feel it. So I lived then also 20 years in the US before coming back here to Germany. Um, but I, I, I know that urge and it's still in me and I know it's still in you. There is this looking for wisdom, looking for the depth of wisdom, of, of the hidden wisdom, right? Because many, I would say thousand years ago, everything was covered up and the landscape and the wisdom keepers, they're coming out <laughs> into plain sight where we can find and uh, answers and find also now uh, people who live what we desire to live, what we didn't understand, I think, as young people. We knew we're different. And that route that is planned out is not ours. And to be courageous enough as, as you could to then say, no, I'm going to make my own experiences and see what is within me and what else is there and what am I seeking? So what were you seeking? Can you remember what what it was if you go into that moment just before? You know, yeah, I, I think like, like, because I was terrified. I was terrified to own the truth because of the fear of I'm going to lose my father and lose this love and be outcast. But there came a point where the impulse inside of me was so strong. Mm -hmm. There came a point where the impulse inside of me was so strong that if I didn't listen to it, sure, I could lie to myself and rationalize myself and pretend, but it was so strong that it was undeniable that when I projected into the future of following the expected path, it felt so painful that it felt like a soul suicide. It felt so painful that it just felt like such a self-betrayal. And 
I didn't know what I was seeking consciously. It wasn't a conscious thing. And this is why I always say sometimes you don't even need to know what you're seeking. You don't even need to know where you're going in order to get to exactly where you need to be. But I think what is important is if we can just courageously just take a, just, just take a step in the nudging, that nudging of our soul. <laughs> Sometimes the nudging and the guidance of your soul doesn't happen with a loud siren bell. Sometimes it's just a subtle movement, an energetic movement, like a wind, like a, like, like a, like a river floating down the banks that's so gentle that it can almost be missed but i just felt something moving me in a direction and leading me in a direction that i had no idea where it was going and so i think one of the things is we sometimes have to give up the need to know the need to even understand because what we're seeking is is also seeking us from within and it's pulling us and so i felt this pull to come to america <laughs> love it i felt exactly. i felt i felt this pull and and at least consciously that pull was i want to come and find teachers i don't want to come and find all these authors i'd read about they all seem to live in southern california i want to come and go to the seminars and and, and ultimately i think it was the drive to to go into this field it was the drive to also understand myself it was the drive to understand who I am through their teachings. But I also think that, you know, as a soul having a human experience, uh, there was a necessary human journey that I needed to go on through all the experiences of pain and heartbreak and betrayal and failure and difficulty and challenge that on one level was part of the curriculum in the classroom that I had to go through in order to grow through so that I could ultimately learn the lessons and realize uh, a deeper dimension of my truth. And, and mm -hmm. I look back now and see, wow, I didn't think it at the time. I thought I was pursuing the American dream and I thought I was coming to America to follow my conscious dream. But underneath that, and there was some truth in that, underneath that I think every situation and every experience and every relationship and everything we go through, there is an evolutionary learning growth opportunity inside of that on that soul level as to why we are going through that experience really if we look with a deeper lens, if we look with a deeper awareness. And I think that's where the gold is. And so I realized now that everything I would, I thought I was seeking and was going through when going through and all the goals that I'd set were really part of the vessel and vehicle to help evolve my soul, to help evolve me into a deeper realization of who I am, a deeper mm -hmm. realization of my authentic nature, a deeper realization of my authentic truth, you know, and everything I thought was going to fulfill me goals, dreams, you know, wanting to be successful, wanting to fame, wanting all these things that I thought I was coming to America for. Not that I haven't achieved some of them, but I realize now that it was never really about that thing. It was never really about that experience. It was never really about achieving that thing. It was really about the evolution and the growth and the letting go and the learning. And so when I look back now, I mean, we can go deeper into this, but there's so many things that I wanted when I first came to the US that never happened. 
that didn't happen, that didn't materialize, that didn't manifest. And now I look back and I, and I realize, wow, thank God they didn't happen. Because had they happened, I would probably have gotten so ego attached, identified uh, to those things that I would not have been able to evolve and grow and, and expand and tap into a deeper dimension of who I am. Because when I first came to the US, also, I went through a process of having nothing and failing miserably. And, you know, the experience of not having money and having nothing and failing and, and basically where there's nowhere that you can hold on to for a sense of identity, nowhere you can hold on to for a sense of, yeah, this is me. This, this is how I base myself on my bank account, on my beautiful woman, on my beautiful car, on my big house, on my career, when, when, when all of that is either taken away or just doesn't materialize, at least for me, it forced me, it forced me inside in such a way when everything seemed to fail and nothing seemed to work, it forced me inside to really question, like, if I'm not that, then, then who am I really? And, 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 and if my sense of value and sense of self-worth and, and, and sense of confidence and sense of validation is going to be based on achieving the things I think I need to achieve in order to be worthy and valuable and successful and confident, then if that's the case and I don't have it, then who am I? And so I think through in the, those beginning years, you know, through like epic failure, <laughs> you know, an epic rejection, an epic disappointment that, that it took me into a, a deep questioning and a deep, I don't want to say dark night of the soul, but a real questioning where I was left naked to go, okay, I have nothing to show for it by the world standards. And so then who am I and what am I? And, and I think, so I think really what I was really seeking without conscious awareness coming to America was that freedom, you know, was a sense of true freedom of like, wow, the sense of who I am and what's real. It's not based on anything I have because I have a car, because I have a house, because I'm fake, because of any of that. And that's, I think, what opened up for me in the process of coming to America. Mm, yeah, beautiful. The, the freedom to be whoever you are and whatever yeah. you are. And I, I love that. And in your book, The Magic of uh, Surrender that you wrote, you, you share your journey of the questioning and how you see the world and what experiences you have and also how long it took you to look back over and over to see who you are and that you are moving forward to experience more and more of your freedom. And I think what is so interesting, you know, we are so taught to go to college, for example, and to learn a certain thing and then to be that and excel in this. But the path you went, I went, and many others of the listeners also, is the path of moving forward and doing things, experiencing, trying out things to recognize and to become aware, oh my God, this is how I am. So it's... It's like backwards. We have to do all these things to recognize what we have already always been doing. So we're becoming uh, more aware of what makes us uh, click, 
what makes us thrive, how we are happy, uh, what way to go. So I think when you shared your experiences, uh, when it didn't work, I think then it was not supposed to be with us. It would have shrunk us. It would have shriveled us. And I think sometimes the universe is enough there also to support us. I don't go that route, pull back in a little bit and take some time. And who are you? And come out again and try that. And then you, you there is like this forward yeah, back like, and like, forth like, like, of you... figuring out what am I and what my gifts are. And then you become stronger each time in, um, in that craft. It's like honing a craft of oneself. Yeah, like, like I give you an example. When I was 21, after a couple of years of being in America, I was so sure I wanted to be on TV, have a TV show, TV mm -hmm. show, be, be bigger than Oprah, you know, oh my God, I want to be bigger than Oprah. And, and I pitched this show all around town. I mean, I write about it in my books. And I was so attached to this idea of what I thought I should be, of what I thought I was going to be, of what I thought my destiny was. And there came a few times when I was offered shows. There came a few times when I came very close. There came a few times when I signed deals. And eventually, ultimately, some I turned down, some didn't happen. I was heartbroken. I was you know, disappointed. I go, wow, had I done that, I probably would not have gone as deep into myself. I probably would not have questioned myself and gone as deep into seeking the nature of my own reality of my own truth because at 21 22 i probably would have gotten so identified and attached and wrapped up into this sort of egoic version of what mm -hmm. i thought my life was that there might have been too much at stake for me to really let go of certain things had i succeeded and so i look back and i think wow that was grace and so i think sometimes when things don't happen according to plan it's grace, it's this love of the universe. And so in terms of surrender, to me, that's part of what surrender is. Mm -hmm. Surrender, you know, we have this idea in our culture, misconception in our culture, that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender is going to be a victim, you're going to be left behind, that you won't manifest your goals, dreams, desires, you won't be powerful, you're going to be a doormat, that you're going to get less in life. And I'm actually kind of inviting people into a new frame, into a new paradigm, a new way of looking at life, which is, yeah, what if you surrender and, and you didn't get less, but you got more, more than you could even imagine with your logic, with your personality, with your ego's capacity, you got more than you could imagine, maybe not what you expect, maybe not what you imagine, but beyond what you can imagine, because now you're not living life from the limited lens of your own personality and ego, which is based on conditioning in the past. And so to truly surrender, I believe, is the most powerful thing that we can do. To truly surrender, I believe, is the password to freedom, the password to, to, to the, let's say, your next level. To, to truly surrender is the real secret to manifestation. It is of control, or I should actually clarify and say the illusion of control, the illusion that we think we're in control. You know, And I think if the last couple of years has shown us anything, maybe kind of shown us we're not as in control as we thought. And I think globally as a humanity, the last few years, we have we are being initiated by the universe into as a consciousness, as a species, into a new evolutionary way of living more in harmony with life, more in that 
in that in that zone in that state of oneness with life rather than this sort of separation based like me and life versus life itself and being lived by life and so surrender is letting go of this illusion of control control being the master addiction surrender is to when we stop trying to force life to fit into our limited idea of what we think it should be and how we think it should look surrender is when we give up the idea of we should be and how we think our life should be which is an idea i had to give up i thought i should be this and i shouldn't be that and there's all these things i thought i should be based on my conditioning and childhood and society and what everyone else was living that to surrender is to let all of that go to truly open yourself to the authentic impulse of life that is truly seeking to express that is truly seeking to manifest and realize that we are not separate from that to me the old paradigm which I think so much of self-help and personal development, even spiritual books talk about is all about like, what do you want? What, what, do, uh, what, what do I want? What do you want? Get clear on what you want. The challenge is we don't really ask who is the I that wants? What is the nature of the I? And often when we live and we create life, which is where I was living when I first came to the US from this paradigm, when we live and we create life from this limited sense of I, ego, I, personality, persona, which is based in the past, we often don't realize that we are putting limitations on life. We are limiting life because the ego is not able to see the total possibilities, the infinite dimensions, the infinite unfolding and possibilities and nature of life. We're only able to see a small piece of the pie based on our own limited lens and perspective of our own identity. And you can manifest and create a, a life from the lens of the ego it happens we can you can even manifest a good life that way but it will always be i believe a limited life in a certain sense and sometimes i found you get you do get what you maybe sometimes thought you wanted only to realize that perhaps what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted it was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And if we're not in touch with who we are, then often what we think we want is not going to be what we really want. It's just going to be a projection based on our misperception of our own true self, our own true nature. And often our goals will be projections of of unmet needs that weren't met from childhood. I wasn't enough, I wasn't loved, I wasn't valued, I wasn't worthy. So if I can just achieve that thing, and I thought I needed to achieve all these things in order to be valuable, so I could prove to my father that was a, I was enough and that I was valuable and that I was worthy and that I could make it. And I, and I realized nothing was fulfilling to try to seek fulfillment from the outside or to try to seek, shall we say, the infinite in the finite is a dead end path is a dead end path and so i think in living the 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 framework of surrender the the possibility of like living surrender it's a different question it moves from what do i want this i thing that we think we are uh which is rooted in separation and it's a different question and the question becomes what is it that life wants to express through me? What is it that the universe life, which I'm a part of, which I and my father are one, like what is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is it that the unit, what is the deepest impulse of what life is seeking to create, live and express through me and allowing ourselves to, 
open to that, open to life, open to the universe, and be lived by that. And I think then we can align, and this is the shift I've made over the years, then we can align ourselves with this deepest impulse of life, this deepest intelligence of life that is living and breathing and functioning us anyway, then we can align our actions and our thinking and our strategy and our resources and our money with that. Now we're working in alignment with nature, in alignment with the flow. And I think nature will support itself. And so when we surrender, we take limits off of life. And when we truly surrender ourselves, we are available, we are open, we are curious, you know, we, we, we transcend ourselves. And in the transcending and going beyond ourselves, we open to a, a whole different dimension of potentiality, shall we say infinite potentiality that can then manifest through us. So now we open to life manifesting through us and creating through us in ways that we couldn't even expect. And that's when I think we enter the zone of miracles and magic because we're no longer limited to our little separate sense of selves anymore. And so for me, that's the transition over the last you know, 15, 18, 20 years that has happened for me of saying, okay, I'm truly open. And, and the transition from pushing life in a certain direction to make what I think should happen happen to saying, okay, let me allow life, this intelligence, this, this, this infinite, let me allow life to lead me. Let me allow life to show me. Let me allow life to, 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 to guide me. And I think that's when we're in flow, you know, and that's when we're, we're living in oneness and harmony with life. Oh, that's beautiful. You're going to take many, many people that route and right. It's a, it's a step-by-step -step learning and it, it's really getting faster, right? We had yes. to go through these life experiences, one to understand other people. We, if yes. only if we experience it, we have a true understanding. And I think that was uh, always very important to you uh, to walk your own talk. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a beautiful saying. And uh, people recognize that now also that you have done this, right? Mm. Where before, mm. then if you would have gone on, you would have been you, but you <laughs> had no time to understand all the others that uh, come to you. And because also, again, you, you visited so many other cultures to explore how yes. they live, right? That influence. You have a beautiful story uh, in your book about uh, a few good stories about India. But there <laughs> was this one for waiting the train of uh, the oh, surrender yeah. to wait and to be comfortable and peaceful fully and just do life while another life happens. Well, you wait for the train, but... You don't have to stop your life and get anxious. You can experience what is right here and now uh, for me. <laughs> and it was yes. funny while I, you were reading, I was remembering we were at the airport and it was just a delay of a, of a plane. But a journalist was so surprised that we stayed so calm and we sat down and we laughed and we talked. It must have done such an impact on her that she came over and asked us why we were so uh -huh. peaceful and didn't. <laughs> where is that? You know, we've traveled so much. We know it always uh, uh, starts yeah. again, and we wherever we get, we get to go, and then it's just something new, a little different. And yeah. it made me think about that: how many people are not in this calmness, in this acceptance 
that everything works out. And you learned that there, I think, in um, in India, I think, that you can... I think I learned it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you learned it, or you but you wanted to learn it. So yes. then it wasn't yes. really so hard. You say that over and over is you have this curiosity that is never uh, stopping. So yes. I also think it is so important that we are now who we are right now, because what comes... In the future, sometimes I do think about <laughs> the future. What are all the preparations and that we become who we are? This is so important. Could, and you are that now. You have become who you are. And to even find that. And I think this year and the next year, it's going to be really even more important for all of us to uh, slow down. And to say, what is more? And you said so beautiful that suddenly we are become so much life. And why are we here? What are we bringing to life? And it's often, it's the most beautiful, simple thing, a purpose. It's like beauty, or you bring free, uh, freedom or harmony, uh, right? Or balance to the world. This is a very simple, mostly one word. Why we're here on this plane And how can that ooze out of us? And what is the new path to trail? And you are someone who walks the new trails or prepares the trails for others uh, to follow. You even got an award. And I didn't even know that award existed, um, right? The Walden Award for New Thought Leaders. So you're recognized for changing the questions that arise and also to provide through those questionings more curiosity in other people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, even a question I think for people to sit with that might be marinating on the whole conversation of surrender is like if you look at all the things in your life that mm -hmm. didn't work out, didn't work out, didn't go according to plan, but consider how they actually worked out better than you thought you could have imagined. How many things worked point. out better? And so reflect on all those like, wow, that didn't go according to plan, but it turned out better than I could have planned. Or someone might say, no, nah, but it turned out worse. Okay, it may have turned out worse, you might think in the moment, but if you look back from perspective with a little space and time and looking back five years, 10 years, then you might see how if that, thing didn't happen that so-called in quotation marks failure didn't happen it wouldn't have moved you back home it wouldn't have moved you to a different country which then you wouldn't have met your husband or your wife yeah, and had your kid no. and so in in, in in ultimately it still worked out better or if you look if you look back at let's say you know a practical example of a relationship You know, there's moments where we, as human beings, we get into this relationship. It's like, I found the one, I found my soulmate. I'm going to be with this person forever. We're going to have kids. You see your entire future. We get attached to this idea. And it's like, oh my God, I can't see myself being with anyone else. I found the one, right? And we all have those moments in our life. It doesn't work out. Then you broke up and you were heartbroken and you just felt distraught and abandoned by the universe and never thought you'd find love again. And we got over it, we get over it, we grow up, we heal, this is life, we We're pick inventive. ourselves back up. <laughs> yeah, we pick ourselves back up. And maybe five years down the road, now you look back and you think, thank God that didn't happen. 
thank God, something you so wanted to happen that didn't happen. And so often in the moment when things don't work out, we're from the perspective of the separate mind or the ego, we are often not always able to see why something is happening in a given moment. And so here's what I always invite people to do. Don't be so quick to judge or make a meaning about what you think something is in the moment, because the mechanism that makes meaning, the meaning making mechanism, the mind can only make meaning based on the level of your consciousness and conditioning, which is rooted in the past. So the, the mechanism with which you're going to use to interpret why something is happening or not happening will in and of itself be limited. So you won't necessarily understand why something happened or didn't happen. Sometimes we think we know, but we really don't. We just have the illusion of knowing and what we think we know is not. And so when something doesn't go according to plan, I tell people, you know, because what we typically do is we get frustrated, we get impatient, we start trying to force life, we scream, we try to manipulate, we do all these fancy things, we push, we, you know, rather than being still, waiting, being patient, allowing, surrendering. Mm -hmm. And so when something doesn't work out, I, always, I often say take a deep breath, step back, be still, and get curious. Curiosity is a key, like living with a sense of curiosity. Curiosity is a sense of, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is not happening. But trusting that there is a reason, even though we can't see it right now. So living with the curiosity, like, is to live, it's like a child. The child doesn't know what everything means before it happens. This is why a child is truly open and available exactly. and curious to allowing life to show us. But when things don't happen, we always know what it, why, why it is. It means because I'm not enough. It means because God doesn't love me. It means because... And, and it may not mean that it just might mean the universe is rearranging some space. And so when we live in the curiosity, we are then truly available to allowing life to reveal itself rather than limiting and pushing and forcing. And so usually I found there's a few reasons why things maybe don't, don't, don't manifest. Number one, the thing that we want or the, the goal that we want or think we want is not truly in alignment with our highest truth, with our highest souls unfolding. And so it's just what we think we want, but it's not truly the highest expression of what is seeking to happen. And so it not manifesting can be kind of uh, feedback from the universe. So rather than forcing, I invite people to step back, go deeper, be still and feel what is authentic, what is true, Re revision what is what is truly aligned so that you can bring yourself into alignment with your soul's deeper expression. Sometimes things not manifesting is also just timing. It's just not, it's just not, say that, yeah. it's not ripe yet, you know, and <laughs> sure you can eat a mango when it's green and it's hard and it's not sweet, but it's not going to taste as good. And many mm -hmm. times we force things to be that just aren't. And so trusting the timing of the universe and the seasons that have been around the universe has been around for billions of years and in that trusting and waiting we can prepare ourselves it's not a waste of time it's a opportunity to prepare our consciousness and educate ourselves and, and grow sometimes i found that one of the reasons why things also don't manifest is maybe we haven't quite learned the lessons that we need to learn where we are with who we're with in this particular moment. 
And if life, life, if, if we're souls incarnated into human experience and life is a school, life is a, uh, and every experience is part of that soul's curriculum, then when we really don't learn what we need to learn in a particular relationship situation, we'll tend to recreate or, or uh, continue to attract those dynamics in our lives over and over and over again, like we keep ourselves in that classroom. What we tend to do though, is we will tend to force will tend to force less. So rather than forcing things to be something that they're not, step back and go, why did I track this situation? What is my soul seeking to learn? What do I need to see about myself? What do I need to integrate, make peace with, let go of, heal within myself? Because when we truly integrate, heal, release within ourselves and learn the lesson for why we attracted that dynamic and situation, that's the key that unlocks the next level of our lives then we transcend the experience and so i think uh those are a few reasons why we might stay stuck or why things might not manifest that if we can just be aware of and surrender to like okay let me surrender and learn what i need to learn in terms of the lesson here and i think that that can maybe give people some some practical direction yeah that, that's good I, when while i was also reading your book i had a memory sometimes you know um we experience certain things they prepare us they, but they don't prepare us maybe for the next months and we're so taught everything has to happen so fast right it's it's but life is changing we're all learning we have more time and becoming luckily more patient um, but it prepares us maybe for a year ahead or something that's a decade or several decades so i've experienced yes. few things that I had to wait three and <laughs> now four decades to say, oh my yes, God, I yes. had to read this certain article to meet this person or, <laughs> or, you know, become aware or this thought there where I had uh, influenced me to think or to do something else influenced me to understand something later much better. So if we pull things also further apart, that will become also more relaxed and um, when while you were just speaking, I was thinking we have to uh, trust ourselves more and more. And again, trust and the first inkling or the first idea that came too often, we just push it aside, right? Instead of saying, oh no, and say, oh, what happens if I do follow that thought and don't do that? Or be honest and say, let's meet uh, in an hour, not now, I have not time, now I want to you know, and life then becomes slowly. And um, sometimes we have to be, oh, I have to be now at work, I'm meeting someone. But if you maybe want to finish a dance, because, or, you know, you want to dance because there's great song in the radio, and if you just feel like, but you, you tighten yourself and hold yourself back. If you would listen, uh, dance to that song, right? Suddenly you may have a lot of green lights and that get you to the meeting. And maybe that person said, oh, I needed my extra five minutes to finish that great thing that you're five minutes late. It always works out when we um, follow our instinct or mm -hmm. our own thoughts and become more open and then also share with others why maybe we're, we're late. Maybe at the beginning, they look a little awkward at us and say, what, you wanted to dance or, you know, but it made you happier, it made you more creative and, and people will understand after a while. So it is important that we also open up and share more about how we are, especially could as, as you wrote so beautifully and always talk about surrendering 
to the moment surrendering to your own impulses and to surrender to what else exists and happens in the world yeah yeah absolutely sometimes the goal that we think is the goal that we get so attached to mm -hmm. is really not the goal sometimes the goal this is why i say surrender isn't passive it means feeling what's true feeling what's authentic important feeling what's enough. what's truly important and taking action in that direction go in that direction pursue that thing with all you have just let go of the attachment and the clinking because sometimes the goal that you think is the goal is not the goal it's just a necessary puzzle piece that you need to go towards and that goal to me goals are evolutionary and the goal will take you on a journey a journey of learning a journey of meeting a journey of evolving a journey of becoming and that journey is a necessary evolution that you need to go on to prepare you for the next step to prepare mm -hmm. you but when we get so attached to the goal we're not really open and available to life we just want what we want when we want it, how we want it with who we want it so when we get so attached to the goal we end up limiting life but if we go in the direction of the goal without attachment more committed to the learning and the process true truly the evolution then sometimes the goal was not the goal it was just needed to take us there so that we would turn like right. a nudge yeah you know? but if we're not open to turning right, we're like no the goal has to be the goal then we'll stay stuck and that's how many of us unconsciously with our tenacity with our ego with our control we end up limiting life and so surrender is unlimiting life taking mm. the limits off of life it doesn't mean not being committed it means being committed it just means not being attached surrender doesn't mean an abdication of responsibility and it doesn't mean not doing your part that's just laziness it means doing your part giving 100 percent, but again not being attached and so i always tell people don't think you know what something means and be to truly surrender and be free requires a level of giving up the need to constantly know what everything means and what everything is and the willingness to dance more in the unknown yeah and you might find yourself many times saying i don't know what this is i i don't know why i'm guided to go here i don't know why i'm guided to move here i don't know why i'm guided to meet this person something's moving me something and so what often stops us is that constant questioning of the mind like why and it doesn't make sense and i'm not going to do it until it makes sense some things when we really live surrender in that openness will only make sense after the fact and that's when if we live in that zone we're opening ourselves to the unlimited possibilities of life yeah yeah so also while you were speaking i thought Everyone, you're worth some, I mean, I don't even use the words, you are a fascinating, beautiful being. So often we restrict, who am I to write that person or to call them and to be invite them for a meeting or write a letter, right? Um, this is so important that we don't make ourselves small and don't put others too much over on a, a pedestal. 
right? Yes. Because yes. I, I just read something really interesting. They have now uh, libraries. <laughs> Could you will love that? Where where you meet a human being. Human. So yeah, and, and you can you know and they have all their all their titles of any sickness or I don't know whatever they are, and you have about thirty minutes to converse with them and learn about them. And I thought that is so beautiful because again that opens up so much. And we're human beings and we've been so taught to be so separate, right? And it's hard to be uh, doing things alone. And when we notice that there is this big interplay, and that's what you, you highlight through your book and, and whatever you speak about and through the surrender, that it is a dance of, of life. And we're all playing this together and we're here to support each other and that we don't uh, feel so alone. So where, if if people feel alone, how can they uh, contact you, Kurt, sure, and work sure. with you and share that? Piece? Sure, yeah. I mean, a couple of ways, depending on when you listen to the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my book, The Magic of Surrender, is coming out in paperback version. It's been out, but the special paperback edition is coming mm -hmm. out uh, May the 3rd. So go to Amazon, pre-order it. Uh, before May the 3rd, if you listen to this before May the 3rd. For those of you that pre-order it, I'm giving away a special gift. And that is on May the 7th, I'm doing a very special one-time only live virtual online uh, transformational seminar. It's going to be about two hours. We're going to dive deep on May the 7th, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. It's a Saturday. It's called Reinvent Live. And I'm going to be sharing the, the seven phases of how to reinvent yourself, letting go of who you were, the old version of yourself, the, the past, connecting with your true power and how to share your gifts with the world and have impact. So that's reinvent life. So basically go that to Amazon. That's fantastic. I can yes. feel it in my body. It's be Everyone special. go there. <laughs> it's going to be special. Once you get the book on Amazon, the paperback version, you can go to www.kute.com blackson b-l-a-c-k-s-o-n.com that's coopblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar coopblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar on the website there is a, is a is a is a is a section where you can just enter your name your email and your receipt number for from amazon and you get access to the seminar you get access to a whole bunch of free gifts so do that before may the third uh my website coopblackson.com you find my info if people want to do a deep dive in terms of trans transforming themselves twice a year. I do an event in Bali. The next one is July the 25th to August the 5th, 12 days. It's called Boundless Bliss. So www.boundlessblissbali.com. And also, yeah, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, my, uh, my podcast, Soul Talk. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone, the, the podcast, he's similar to me, he has guests, but there's also solo shows where Kut shares his wisdom and takes you uh, on a, a, on a sound bath or meditation <laughs> to uh, move you forward and to free you up to be more who you are. And <laughs> the seventh sounds really good. If you didn't understand uh, so quickly, or you may be running or walking, do go to the show notes and I'll put everything in there so you can for sure get the information of good. So good. before you leave, how do you see, I know it's a deep question because 
how do you see yourself moving yourself forward? What is for you still to be explored or discovered? You know, I, I'll be honest, I don't know. Uh, really observing, especially the last couple of years, a lot of unexpected developments in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll be honest, I really feel that uh, the universe is, is, is moving me forward as a spiritual entrepreneur in different ways. And so uh, is to really more and more take the spirituality and ground it and practical, practicalize it through business. And so strangely, I, I'm getting into a lot of real estate ventures and buying land and real estate just very intuitively, to be honest, mm -hmm. and uh, seeing, wow, there's a knack for it, you know, like uh, just have a sense for it. And so I have a vision for that. And, and ultimately, it's a vision to to ground the spiritual principles and, and live surrender, create living in the flow of surrender. Uh, and, and, and show people that that's possible. So there's a lot of, there's a lot happening in the entrepreneurial space that is unfolding. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, the environment also needs uh, us to understand it and to work together with it. Um, that was just something really interesting. Uh, the, um, oh, what's now the English word? <laughs> And then I don't get it in German or anything. I can't find it in any other topsoil. Yeah, so the topsoil is uh, is disappearing in our, our planet. We do need that to live. And so I love that you go moving into it to observe how things are built, right? And also uh, to be more sustainable. So in all of your endeavors, I wish you a lot of luck, a lot of success you. that you bring that into fruition and that you create a magical places for an experience for people to find themselves and to live in that mm, tasteful <laughs> surrender. So thank you very much, you. Uh, Kut, for being on the Moving to Oneness show. Everyone, do come to the Facebook group. You can ask more questions there or share a little bit of your insights of this episode. And I wish you a wonderful day. Goodbye.